Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Looking at our world from a theological perspective, this is the Theology Central Podcast. Making Theology Central. Good evening, everyone. It is Saturday, May the 27th, 2023. It is currently 8.35 p.m. Central Time, and I'm coming to you live from the Theology Central Studios. I was going to say headquarters. It's not headquarters. It's the Theology Central Studio. It's not even studios, plural. Hey, good evening, everyone. It is Saturday, May the 27th. 2023, it is now currently 8.35 p.m. Central Time, and yes, I'm coming to you live from the Theology Central studio located right here in Abilene, Texas. And if I can't get the introduction right, then I don't know if I'm going to get the rest of this right But we're all going to be in this together because we're going to try to figure out exactly the right way to do this. All right. What I need is not so much your help, but I need you to think what is the right way to do this really for yourself. And I know this is I'm not going to approach this like most people would approach this subject. Most people would approach this subject by giving you the list And I am not going to give you the list and you may have no idea what I'm talking about. But so let me introduce this and then we're going to talk about the list that you're not going to receive. You're not going to be given a list. And some of you, I think, are going to be like, well, I don't know what to do. If I don't have a list, what do I do? But you'll, you'll, it will all make sense. So are you ready? Tomorrow. Victory Baptist Church, starting at the 10 a.m. hour for Sunday school at Victory Baptist Church, we will begin, I guess, officially the summer of Jeremiah and Lamentations. Because the summer of 2023, we are going to be working and studying and reading and thinking and discussing and meditating on the books of Jeremiah and the book of Lamentations. Now, obviously, Jeremiah is going to be where that's going to get most of our focus. If you know how many chapters is there. Okay, that was one of the questions I asked everyone to work on. But okay, okay, but. If you know how many chapters are in the book, you know, obviously, it's going to take us a little bit of time. So most of the summer is going to be Jeremiah. And at the very end of the summer, 
We will then transition to the book of Lamentations, and then we will just have to try to figure out how much time we spend there, right? We may extend it, who knows, but mostly this summer, it's going to be Jeremiah, 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 Jeremiah. And I could approach it like I typically do, where they're, they're, I really try to focus on going deep, looking at all of the theological issues, maybe textual issues, and, and giving you lots of homework and assignments, and, and just really digging into the book. And we are going to obviously dig in, look at theological issues. We are really, we're going to dig in. But again, it's, it's only a three-month period, and the last part of it's for limitations. So clearly, we can't do a, a full verse-by-verse study, which would take us a couple of years, right? I mean, literally years. So we know there'll be, I'll have to pick and choose what I cover, what I don't cover. And a lot of that will be based off you guys, right? You guys will tell me, hey, I've got a question here. Wait a minute. I'm really confused about this. And then we will do extra programs to address those issues. But, but we're going to try to move at a, at a decent pace. I, I, I guess, I, I mean, yeah, we're going to try to move somewhat of a, of a, a, not so much a a different pace. We're going to try to approach this and try to move at a, 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 I don't even want to say a set pace. We're definitely going to move forward and we're not going to be able to stop maybe as long as we would like. I, I don't even know the exact words I want to use. We're, de- we're definitely going to move at, a, at a, a, a decent pace because we need to finish it within a three-month period. So I'm going to have to keep at least pacing and what to cover and what not to cover in mind. I'm going to have to at least do that, and I'm going to do my very best. But this is very important. As I started thinking about all of this, right, as I started thinking about all of this, I felt that for this study, as much as it's important to know the book of Jeremiah, I mean, clearly, by the time we are done, I want you to know the book of Jeremiah and the book of Lamentations better than when you started, right? I mean, clearly, that's going to be a focus. I mean, whenever we study a book, obviously, the knowledge aspect will be there. So I am not in any way de- de- diminishing that or downplaying that. But I just felt that for these three months, as we study the book of Jeremiah, I want us to really focus on where we are as individuals, where you are, where I am, where we are spiritually in our spiritual lives. Are we, do we feel like we're in a spiritually good place? Do we feel like we are being spiritually weak, without, that we may be going backwards? Like, like, where do we feel we are spiritually? And really put the emphasis on spiritual growth for these next three months, looking at the book of Jeremiah Lamentations. So clearly we're going to study Jeremiah and understand it, but I want us to really be thinking about where we are spiritually and make it a goal that by the end of these three months, not only do we know the book of Jeremiah better, but that we are in a better place spiritually. We have grown. We have dealt with sin or struggle or whatever the case may be that we have made. We have prog- progressed. We have advanced. We had moved forward. We, there, there has been some improvement in our Christian life. So I kind of threw that idea out there and I've received a couple of emails in regards to it, but I received one today that asked a very specific question. The email that I received today said this, here we go. I know it isn't all about knowledge, 
but spiritual growth? How does one evaluate their spirituality so I can determine if I'm growing to make it personal? Now, that is a very good question. No question, no question about it. Okay. <laughs> yeah, having a little bit of fun there. Right. No question about it. That is a very good question. Now, typically, typically, what would happen is a pastor would either stand in the pulpit, sit in front of a microphone, or talk to you on the phone, or call you into the office, and when you start talking about spiritual growth, they say, well, here are some of the areas to check your life to see if you're growing, and they would give you the list, right? They would give you the list, and then you compare your life with the list, right? The list would say, do you love God with all your heart, mind, body, and soul? And they would give you the list, and then you compare yourself to the list, and you're like, whoa, I'm not really growing spiritually. I'm in spiritual trouble. There's spiritual apathy. I'm going backwards. And then you try, you're, I'm going to try, I'm going to try, I'm going to try, I'm going to try. But I'm not a big fan of the list. I'm not. One, anyone who can take, anyone who can take 10 minutes to compile a list can compile a list to really condemn everyone. I mean, come on. I, I, we talk about it all the time. Love the Lord that God with all your heart, mind, body, and soul. You're in a perpetual state of disobedience to that, that scripture, right? You're never going to love God all the way. Love your neighbor as yourself. Be ye holy as God is holy. Well, I mean, you're going to be like, well, I'm not growing spiritually. I'm, you can say, well, maybe I'm growing a God more. Then it becomes subjective. And then it's just, I, I'm not a fan of that cycle, right? You're going to try and you're going to be like, I'm going to, the next three months when it's over, I'm going to love God. And then by the end of the three months, you just feel defeated. You feel embarrassed. You feel, and I, I, it's just, it's a, an, it's an endless cycle of futility. And because the reality is when you look at God's standard, God's law, you're always going to realize you fall short. You're always going to realize that you're in a perpetual state of sin in some way, shape, or form, especially if we understand sin to be not just external actions, but internal desires, emotions, thoughts, well, I mean, we're, we're always in sin in some way, shape, or form. So you would just beat yourself down to a never, I mean, you would just, or you have to start convincing yourself you're doing better than you really are. My, my hope is not what I'm doing. My hope is not where I am spiritually. My hope is in the perfect work of Jesus Christ and his obedience, which is, which is imputed to me by faith. That's where you stand. That's where you hope. But that's, that's where your hope is. But I do believe we can, to some level, look to our Christian lives just to try to figure out where we are. But I don't like the list. So I know that that's going to confuse people to say, well, I don't know what to do. Some Christians are like, without the list, I can't survive. I'm like, I, I know the list because churches love to give you the list, the list, you know. How's your time in God's word? How much time are you praying? How much time are you reading your Bible? Uh, how's your church attendance? All like just these random things. And the problem is, depending on how you write the list, you can either write the list to put people in a perpetual state of depression and feel defeated, or you can write the list so that people can feel somewhat good about themselves that they are accomplishing it. And then that can lead to self-righteousness. So it can lead either to total despair and defeat or to absolute self-righteousness. So I don't like the list. So you say, well, how can I study the book of Jeremiah? How can I study the book of Jeremiah? 
and still make it about spiritual growth? Well, first, constantly remind yourself of what you are in Christ in your position. I think that we always have to constantly remind ourselves of that, right? Because again, anytime you look to God's law, anytime you say you're going to do this in your spiritual life, you're going to find yourself defeated and feel with guilt and shame. Remember, in Christ, you are perfect, you're holy, you're righteous, you are obedient. I mean, you don't need anything in Christ because of his imputed righteousness, his imputed obedience, passive and active obedience. So start right there that you, you stand in Christ perfect. But as we study the book of Jeremiah for the summer of 2023, as we read it, because you're already supposed to be reading chapter one, as you're reading it, if you follow the reading plan that, that you can get on the Church One app or the Sermons 2.0 app, as you read these pages, yes, you're going to read them and we're going to first of all try to figure out what is being said and who it's being said to and how it applies to them. But as we, once we figure out what is being said, how do we understand it, who it's being spoken to, and how did it apply to them? At some point, then we will take, let's say, chapter one and then summarize what's the basic message in chapter one. Okay, how does it apply to them? And is there any application to me? And when you apply it to yourself, right, when you apply it to yourself, then that's where you'll be confronted with where you are spiritually. Let the text confront you. Let's not get an artificial list. Just let the text do the confrontation. Let the text be the, the, the surgical tool that's going to open you up and expose your motivations, your desires. Your, it's, it, let the text do the work, right? You don't need an artificial list for you to figure out where you are spiritually. You just need to openly, you just need to be open and honest with the word of God and go, hmm, okay. Well, let me give you an example. In Jeremiah chapter one, starting in verse four, Then the word of the Lord came unto me saying, before I formed thee in the belly, I knew thee. And before thou camest forth out of the womb, I sanctified thee and I ordained thee a prophet unto the nations. Then said I, ah, Lord God, behold, I cannot speak for I'm a child. But the Lord said unto me, say not I'm a child, for thou shall go to all that I shall send thee. And whatsoever I command thee, thou shall speak. Now, immediately, first and foremost, we know those are God's words specifically to Jeremiah. So first and foremost, this application is about Jeremiah. It's not about us. But when we take a a step back and look at the bigger picture, what is happening here? Jeremiah's calling and commission. His calling and commission is being discussed. He is called. You could say his calling and sanctification. You could call it that. You could call his, 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 he's being called by God. He's been set apart by God and he's being commissioned by God. So we, we, we apply those words first and foremost to Jeremiah, but we can then ask ourselves as a Christian, is there a calling that we have been called to? What have we been called to as a Christian? Well, we can understand the effectual call. Remember, there's the general and effectual call in theology. The effectual call, that's our effectual call to salvation. But what have we, what else have we been called to in salvation? What else have we been 
called to? What else have we been commissioned for? So I was just thinking, like Ephesians chapter 1. So I can say, okay, calling, sanctification, commission. Like I could kind of break it down, right? So then I started thinking about this. Ephesians chapter 1, verse 3, Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who hath blessed us with all spiritual blessings and heavenly places in Christ, according as he hath chosen us in him before the foundation of the world, that we should be holy and without blame before him in love. All right. So God has chosen us, right? We have been chosen set apart by God before the foundation of the world. And what have we been set apart? What have we been called to? That we would be holy and without blame before him in love. Well, obviously the first and foremost, the only way that's going to be accomplished is not in our practical living, but in our position. So I've been called, I have been chosen by God before the foundations of the world to be holy and without blame. Now that God calls me to that and he accomplishes that for me in the obedience of Jesus Christ. All right. Having predestinated us unto the adoption of children by Jesus Christ to himself according to the good pleasure of his will. I have been chosen to be holy and blameless. I have been predestinated unto the adoption of children. So I can say that in Christ I am holy, I am blameless, and I have been adopted into the family of God. These things are factual things in my life. All right, let's let's keep going. To the praise of the glory of his grace, wherein he made us accepted in the beloved. Now, I have been chosen, I have been predestinated to these very specific things for his praise and for his glory. So in your life, you've been called, you've been predestined to that which only God can accomplish, and it's for his praise and his glory. All right. Um, and whom we have redemption through his blood, the forgiveness of sins, according to the riches of his grace. So you can just go through all the things that you have been called to, you've been chosen for, you've been predestinated for, right? Yeah, I mean, to be holy and without blame. Well, Christ has to accomplish that for you. Predestinated to the adoption of children. You have been adoption according to the good pleasure of his will, to the praise of the glory of his grace. This has happened to you so that his grace receives praise, not you, his grace. Grace receives praise. You also have received redemption through his blood, the forgiveness of sins according to the riches of his grace. Having made known unto us the mystery of his will, according to his good pleasure, which he hath purposed in himself. That in the dispensation of the fullness of times, he might gather together in one uh, one all things in Christ, both which are in heaven and which are on earth, even in him. Sorry about that. Had to cough for a second. I was trying to make sure I could I, I could hit both mute buttons. All right. Now look at this. Um, verse 11. In whom also we have obtained an inheritance being predestinated according to the purpose of him who worketh all things after the counsel of his own will. Just, just go through all of these things that you have been called for, called to, chosen for, predestinated for. These are things that God has done for you. These are things God has accomplished for you. 
All right. Now you say, well, wait a minute. I, 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 how does this impact my spiritual growth? Well, one thing it impacts your spiritual growth because these are things you need to constantly remember are true of you, no matter what is going on in your Christian life. In Christ, you're holy and without blame in your position. You have been redeemed. You're, you, this has all been done for the praise and glory of his grace, not for you. All right. Uh, please note uh, that he should be the praise of, that we should be to the praise of his glory who first trusted in Christ. Once again, it reminds us that all, everything about us is for his praise and for his glory. Not for my praise, not for my glory. So immediately then I could say, wait a minute, I need to remember this. Am I remembering this in my Christian life? Am I remembering what God has done for me? Right? Or am I focused on something else? And am I focused on the fact that everything is about his praise and glory? Or am I trying to get some of the praise and glory? See, immediately this starts having implications on one's spiritual life. Verse 13, in whom you also trusted after that you heard the word of truth, the gospel of your salvation, and whom also after that you believed, you were sealed uh, with the Holy Spirit of promise. So now, again, this is all stuff being done for you, 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 done for you. And I think that is important. Um, yeah. I mean, there's more we could look at, but I think if you look at Ephesians chapter one, you start seeing what we have been chosen and called to and for. And this is God accomplishes all of these things. So just, just as Jeremiah was called and chosen, we have been called and chosen, and God does all of this stuff for us based off him being chosen, us being chosen and called. And we need to grab onto that, but it's for his praise and glory, not for us. There, there's far more I could say right here, but I think you can see the correlation. You can see the correlation. All right. And then look at this, Ephesians chapter four, go to Ephesians chapter four, because I think it's very important. Ephesians chapter four. Here we go. Ephesians chapter four, verse 12. For, uh, and he gave some apostles and some prophets. This is verse 11, Ephesians 4, 11. He gave some apostles and some prophets and some evangelists. Okay, I'm making sure all my microphones are on. All of a sudden I panicked there for a second. He gave some apostles, some prophets and some evangelists and some pastors and teachers for the perfecting of the saints, for the work of the ministry, for the edifying of the body of Christ till we all come in the unity of the faith and the knowledge of the Son of God unto a perfect man, unto the measure and the stature of the fullness of Christ that we henceforth be no more children tossed to and fro and carried about with every wind of doctrine and the slide of, uh, uh, by the slight of men and cunning craftiness whereby they lie in wait to deceive, but speaking the truth in love, we may grow up into him and in all things, which is the head, even Christ. Now, please note that, that part, verse 12, for the perfecting of the saints, for the work of ministry. You have been called, you have been chosen, and listen, you in a sense have been commissioned 
You've been called and chosen and you have been commissioned. Now, the calling and chosen that I'm focusing on in Ephesians 1 is all of that being called and chosen is to something that God's going to accomplish. And he accomplishes that by the imputed righteousness of Christ. Those are the things we are because God has called and chosen us. He, he accomplishes that. We are holy. We are without blame. And you need to remember that. But it's all to his praise, not to yours. And then remember, you have been commissioned. You have been commissioned to a ministry. And then you go to Matthew. Go to the end of Matthew. The Gospel of Matthew. And you'll see how this will play out perfectly. Matthew 28. Verse 19, go you therefore and teach all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Ghost, teaching them to observe all things where, where whatsoever I have commanded you. So think about it this way. When, we're, when you're studying, when you're reading Jeremiah, you see in a sense his being chosen. You see in a sense him, him being called. You go to Ephesians chapter one, you see you being chosen. You see you being called. In Ephesians 1, the choosing and the calling is to that which God accomplishes for us so that he receives all the praise and all the glory and not any for you. So if you're trying to grab that praise and glory, or if you're trying to accomplish those things in and of yourself, then you are not where you need to be spiritually and you need to focus on what God has done for you instead of what you're trying to do for God. And you need to stop trying to take the praise and glory for it. There's spiritual growth. And then you need to remember, as Jeremiah was commissioned to ministry, you have been commissioned to ministry. And that ministry is first evangelism. That's trying to speak to those who do not know Christ and give them the law and the gospel. Then there is, in a sense, the connection to the church, bringing people to the church, and then discipleship, teaching them to obey whatsoever he has commanded. You're called to the same type of ministry. So as Jeremiah was, in a sense, called, chosen, and commissioned, we have been called, chosen, and commissioned. So you let the text lead you to the very things that may challenge you on where you are spiritually. We don't need a list to apply to the text. We let the text, in a sense, lead us to a subject. Well, in in Jeremiah chapter 1, I see the choosing, the calling, and the commissioning of Jeremiah. I think that's a fair way to break it down. You may want to break it down differently, but just go look at it and see if you agree. And then I'm thinking, well, what, what part of the Bible talks about my being chosen and being called? Well, Ephesians 1 comes into play. You may want to think of some things in Romans that may come into play. Where, where would I... Think about my being commissioned, where I, the, the purpose of the church is to equip me for the work of ministry, meaning... I've been commissioned to a ministry. We all have. And then Matthew tells us what that ministry is. Evangelism, bringing them into the church to be baptized. And then guess what? Discipleship. Let the text this summer of Jeremiah, first and foremost, apply it to who it was originally given to. All right. Don't try to rip it out of context. But when you then step back, you're not trying to apply every individual part to you. You're just looking at the general. What's the general idea here? What's the general idea? Like someone uh, today sent me something about the, from their reading of Jeremiah chapter one and talked about how they noticed the sovereignty of God. 
right? Okay, well, if you see the sovereignty of God being emphasized in Jeremiah chapter one, then just ask yourself, where are some other places in the Bible where the sovereignty of God is being emphasized? And then ask yourself, how should that be impacting your Christian life in a real meaningful way? You're not ripping those verses out of context and making them about you because the subject transcends just Judah, Israel, and Jeremiah. The sovereignty of God applies to all of us. Well, how am I doing with that concept of the sovereignty of God? Am I struggling with it? Where am I? Do do I trust it? Do I doubt it? Like, and then therefore I'm, I'm being challenged to see where I am spiritually. Let the text do the work. We don't need, you don't need a list to say, how am I doing? What you need to do is say, Jeremiah is what I'm going to be studying for the next three months. Let's let Jeremiah, the book of Jeremiah, let it do its work. The word of God is sharper than any two-edged sword. It rightly divides asunder. It will do the work. It will do the work. We don't need a list to say, where am I at spiritually? Am I going to compare it? No, don't. No, 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 no. Just let God's word do its work. We already know that one of the key terms in the book of Jeremiah is backsliding. So as, as you've been looking at backsliding, do you see yourself? What is backsliding? Are you, are, are you struggling with anything related to it? Now, first and foremost, it's to Judah. Yes. But the subject can be for us as well. Let the text do the work of spiritual growth. We don't need a list. We don't need, no, 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 no. Let's just let the text, as you read the text, as you meditate on the text, as you talk about the text with other people, the text will do its job. Say, I'm going to trust the text to do the job. Instead of me artificially coming saying, hey guys, here's five things about your Christian life. I want you to remember that and think about that as we study the book of Jeremiah. I'm not saying there's never a time for that, but this summer, I just want the book of Jeremiah to be the focus. And as a result of focusing on Jeremiah, I'll really then let it do its work of Help. This is how it should always work, but sometimes we so get tuned into the academic knowledge part that we don't really then think about the text as it relates to us. Now, the only problem is sometimes people then will go to Jeremiah and forget Jeremiah, forget Judah, forget Babylon, and just make it about us. And you can't do that either. There's got to be that proper balance. Figure out what the text is saying, figure out what it was saying to the people who originally heard it, and then step back and go, what's the theme here? What's the overall message? And once you get the overall message, then you step back and go, okay. So for example, in Jeremiah 1, I think I see calling, uh, uh, choosing, calling, and commission. I think that's a fair way of saying it. Choosing, calling, and commissioning. right. How am I chosen? Well, I'm chosen for the foundations of the world. I am called to something, right? I'm called to faith in Jesus Christ. I am called to something. And the result, what am I called to? I am called to being made holy and blameless in Christ. I am called to redemption. I'm called to forgiveness of sins. I'm called to an inheritance. I'm called to an adoption, right? I'm a called to salvation and all of these things are a part of it. And then guess what? God, Christ accomplishes all of it for me. So I need to remember what I have been chosen and called to. Christ accomplished it. I need to stand in that. It's to his praise and glory. So I should not be trying to accomplish it myself or trying to grab credit of it. And then I need to remember I've been commissioned. 
as Jeremiah was commissioned, to a ministry, because everyone is a minister, not just a pastor. How are you doing in that ministry? Are you committed to that ministry? Are you focused on that? Who are you ministering to? Like the people around you, are you, are you like, because of your presence, is someone's spiritual life better off or worse off? It can be anyone. It can be family. It can be anybody, friends, anybody. Or are they worse off? Now, see that that's taking the text and allowing the text to do so, because I, I think that's fair. Now you look at Jeremiah and you see if I'm being accurate with it, right? Don't take my word for it. Let's go back to Jeremiah. I do apologize for trying to mute the mic and cough and turn the mics all back on. Hopefully it didn't mess up the flow of this. I'll be worried about it the whole time. But look at here. So Jeremiah chapter one, before I formed thee in the belly, I knew thee. All right. Um, And before thou camest forth out of the womb, I sanctified thee. That means set him apart. Set apart. Now, we could talk about us being set apart before the foundation of the world, but I'm going to go here. I'm going to go with the idea that he, that he chose him, right? He, he was chosen before the foundations of the world. Uh, and I ordained thee a prophet. You could say there's the commissioning, right? So you could see, yeah, you could, or you could say the calling, right? You could say the commissioning. I mean, you could say, uh, um, he says, be not af- afraid. Um, well, you can continue to reading, uh, reading there, specific things that he's commanded, uh, commissioned him to do. But I believe that there's a calling. I believe there's a choosing. Uh, I believe there's a commissioning. Now you may just say, well, I just think it's a calling or, well, no, the calling is definitely there. The choosing was before the foundations of the world, I think clearly, right? Um, and then the calling is once he comes out of the womb, he's called and then he's commissioned. He was, you think about it, he was, he was, he was chosen before the foundations of the world to be a prophet, right? He was chosen, he was called and he was commissioned. I think all three are there. I think they're all three there. I, I won't, I won't try to flesh it out more for you, but you can tell me if you think all three are there. And I think all three are, are true in my life. I'm chosen before the foundations of the world that in a specific time, I received the effectual call to salvation. And that is a call to being holy, being blameless, being redeemed, being adopted, an inheritance, being sealed by the Holy Spirit. I hope that explains what I'm looking for. I'm just looking for you to really think about Jeremiah, really, really think about it. And just like, again, I'm going to, I know I'm being repetitive, apply it, connect, or first of all, understand what it's being, what, understand it by the words that are being used, understand the words that are being used, understand what's being said and and interpreting it to the people who was originally given to, then step back a little bit, say, what's the big picture here? What's the big theme? And then ask, is that applicable to me? Because at each individual part, you can't just rip, you can't just force yourself into the text, but you can step back and go, is that what's true of Jeremiah? Is it true of me? Well, then go look to other parts of the Bible to see if it's true. Well, definitely a choosing, definitely a calling, definitely a commissioning. I think all three of those are true of your life and my life. Now, once I start thinking about that in relation to my life, now, spiritual growth is going to start happening because I'm going to see where how I relate to it, if that makes any sense.
All right. I want to say more, but I don't really want to start doing an in-depth teaching on the book of Jeremiah, but... Okay. I'll, I'll just... I'll just... Uh, I'm just going to hear that deafening sound of silence and, and attribute, contribute, or attribute it to the fact that I'm in an empty room. That's probably a good thing. Um, <laughs> right? Okay. But I'm hoping... That people are going, okay, I think I got this. I got this. I got this. I got this. All right. All right. Email me. Newsif at yahoo.com. Newsif at yahoo.com. Newsif at yahoo.com. That's newsif at yahoo.com. Don't worry about where you are currently spiritually. I mean, I, I do want you to, I mean, you can think about where you are spiritually, but I'm not, not based off a list. But I know because wherever you are spiritually right now, where we always can grow and we can always move forward. Let's just dig into the text and let's see what what happens when we get into the text. Understanding, and then what 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 it can do for us. All right. Email me newsif at yahoo.com. Newsif at yahoo.com. I hope that all made sense. I do apologize for <laughs> I was getting ready to start coughing. I did not want to cough on the microphone. So I have to reach over and I gotta mute the mic on the screen. Then I gotta push the, the physical button. I hope I actually muted everything before I started coughing. Um yeah, that's that's the that's the beauty of live broadcasting, right? It's it's like what happens sometimes in a sermon. You start coughing, and it's like, oh man, I always forget when I'm uh, live when I'm uh, live broadcasting at church to mute my mic. I always forget, and so, but yeah, I think I think people are more understanding of it in a sermon than they are in a podcast. It's really weird, but all right. Thanks for listening. I hope that's help uh, helpful. So Jeremiah, start reading it, chapter one, tomorrow. Hopefully three hours of Jeremiah will happen at Victory Baptist Church. We'll see. It is it is Memorial Day weekend, so <laughs> I may get there Sunday morning and go, okay, 99% of the church is gone, all right? So Sunday night, uh, we'll just live stream. And hopefully we can at least get the two hours in Sunday morning, okay? When you're a small church in the middle of nowhere, Texas, it does, you, can, you, know, you, you, can, you can look around and realize, man, the whole church is gone. So um, I'm hoping everyone will be there and it'll be a good Sunday. And we'll get at least two solid hours in of teaching. And then uh, hopefully the third hour, Sunday night, that's the plan. And uh, we'll see what we can get accomplished. All right. I'm excited. The summer of Jeremiah Lamentations, it begins officially tomorrow. But go ahead and get a head start and keep this focus on spiritual growth. I'll keep trying to make sure we do that as we work through it. Hopefully hopefully I can help you and and you'll it'll make more sense. Maybe right now it doesn't make sense to you, but I promise it will. All right, thanks for listening. God bless.